630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Overtime Open Line is brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Now, from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. And the Jets fired the length of the ice. McDavid quickly in a long stretch starts back. Right side for Latestu behind the goal. Short side right in front. Scores! Yes, sir! Pull your Yarby! And he gets a fortuitous bounce and banks one home. A four-goal explosion in the third period by your Edmonton Oilers. They beat the Winnipeg Jets 6-2. Yessi Pugliarve scores twice in the period. He also adds an assist. Brad Malone with a couple of goals. Connor McDavid, three points on the night, a goal and two helpers. The Oilers completely take the game over in the third period. 4-0 on the scoreboard, 21-6 on the shot clock. 40-22 were the shots for the evening. The Jets played pretty hard for most of the night, but they just couldn't match the Oilers' intensity and firepower in the third period. So 6-2 is your final. We'll have post-game reaction from both dressing rooms as we move along. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for joining us tonight. This is Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center on Oilers Radio 630 Chet. Well, Rob, we'll start with Jesse Pugliarvi. We He was a storyline going in that this was, you know... I, a somewhat critical game for him in terms of proving himself. The guy drafted in the first round the year after him, Kyler Yamamoto, who has looked great. He didn't play tonight. Pugliarvi gets to play about the second half of the game on a line with Connor McDavid and Patrick Maroon, and he uh, grabbed the opportunity, especially in the third. He did, and Bob and I talked about it early in the game. He, he wasn't getting the opportunities, but he looked like he was skating better, and he looked a little more confident. And then to start the third period, you see him move up to play with Connor McDavid, and a couple lucky bounces, but when he got the lucky bounces, he took advantage of them. You know, you get the opportunity, you got to grasp it and go with it, and he did. Three points in the third period, it's going to buoy his confidence, and that, that is going to help a young player as well. So uh, he needed to have a good game. He did have a good game, and I would expect you're going to see him again on Monday night playing with whether it's Connor or someone that uh, someone skilled, and hopefully he'll be able to carry that into that game as well. Yeah, I, I would think, I, I don't think... This means Ryan Strom is suddenly down in the lineup or not as important, but I, I think they wanted to give, as they have with Yamamoto, time with more experienced centers or more offensive uh, centers because he got a game in with uh, with Nugent Hopkins, so I think they wanted to give Puyarvi a, a look on a line where the expectation was you go out there and you forecheck and shoot the puck. Well, you know, there's a lot of talk when, when Jordan Everly was traded for Strom that Strom was going to be Connor McDavid's right winger, and I, I think that in a perfect world that's what the Oilers would have loved but nothing is going to be set in stone, and you've got to earn your, your right and earn your spot. Uh, I thought Strom actually looked better after he moved off the line as well. I thought he, Nugent Hopkins, and Jokinen had a, a strong third period as well. So, again, these are only exhibition games. They are not playing against the top players on these other teams, but they're confidence builders. And uh, Yamamoto has, has gained a ton of confidence over this ex- exhibition season with the, the play he's had. Puliyarvi, I believe, is going to gain a ton tonight as well. And then 
whoever the lineup is on on, on Monday, I would imagine both Pugliarvi and Yamamoto will both be playing in that game and playing with players with talent so they can see if they can continue with the, the good play of late. So 6-2 is the final in favor of the Oilers. You can reach us tonight, 780-496-0063. You can also text 630-630. I really thought Pugliarvi's most impressive play was the assist on McDavid go. Dylan Simpson makes a, a good pass through the middle to Pugliarvi in the neutral zone, reads the play, just a little tap to McDavid and gets it right to him in stride to set up the break. Yeah, not an easy play. Uh, you've got to have very, very soft hands to make that play. Most guys are either going to stop the puck dead or just let the puck bounce off your stick and iced into the far end, which isn't a bad play because Connor would have won the race. But to have it land in the exact spot, like Connor McDavid did not break stride. And when that puck was put into that area, you knew it was a breakaway because there's not a defender in the league that can turn and beat McDavid to the puck. So uh, a beautiful play, soft hands, and then McDavid finishes. And uh, Hutchinson, there's no chance on that play. If you got Connor McDavid with full speed coming across the net, doesn't matter how fast a goalie you are going post to post, McDavid's going to beat you, and he just deposits on the far side. So that's what gave PRV the, 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 the confidence going forward. And then a couple good breaks and he made sure that they went to the back of the net. So uh, a good night for the Oilers and a very good night for that line. Yeah, both his goals went in off Hutchinson. The the first one, the goal that made it 4-2 for the Oilers, McDavid works it back to Latestu, and Latestu just fired it down low. I think he might have been trying to bounce that into an awkward area for the Jets. I, I, I think he was getting it out of trouble because Connor gave the puck to, to, to Mark there, and Mark had nothing. Mm-hmm. And if he tried to make a play there, it was probably going to get himself and the team into trouble. So he put it into, uh, we call them quiet areas. Okay, I'm going to put it down there, and my guy's going to have a, as good a chance as anyone to get to it. So I took it out of trouble, put it in an area, and then just a, a, a very fortunate bounce and it bounces right out to PRV. Nobody on the Jets sees it. He gets the puck on his stick and very quickly gets it up and it looked like it went under the arm of Hutchinson. And that's just a goal score goal. You get the puck on your stick and get it off very quickly and all of a sudden a close game is broken open. Malone gets two tonight. Good game for him overall. I mean, he did take the one penalty, but right when he came out of the box, he made a strong move to the net and uh, drew a minor penalty as well, and he scores in the first and the third period. And th- this is interesting to me, Rob, that what we've seen through this through this preseason, and it's obviously great to, to get the wins because, you know, the more positive comes out of winning than losing regardless of the time of year. But you have guys who are, you think, well, okay, he's probably not going to be on the NHL team, but if they need a call-up or they need somebody pushing from Bakersfield or even within Bakersfield or showing young guys the ropes. I mean, Malone said in your interview, he's not an old guy, but he is 28, so he's more mid-career and he's older than, uh, you know, the the leisures of the world and, and, and guys like that. And he's played NHL games. So you look at him, and, and he knows how to check, and uh, you know he has showed a little bit of finish tonight. So that's what's interesting to me through through the preseason is is you're seeing organizational depth, you're seeing other guys who can shoulder the load, who even if they're not scoring, because uh, I thought Malone's line was was active tonight mm-hmm. anyway, even if they hadn't been put put in the pucks, and that even if they're not scoring, they can create territory, they can create a little. Per- 
pressure, they can get momentum back if you don't have it. Well, it's the thing that you and I have been talking about over the last week, what exhibition season's for. It's not just uh, tryouts to make the Oilers. It's it's sending a message to where I fit in this organization. And, and Malone talked about it in his interview. He, he wants to move up the pecking order. He wants them to make decisions that if there is an injury over the course of 82 seasons or 82 games, that he's a guy that gets called up, that maybe he's higher now on the depth chart than he was when he came here, you know, three weeks ago. And the other thing that you, you got to like about this other organization right now the Oilers have played, in exhibition season, there's a lot of depth players playing. Everybody wants to get one or two games in for their depth players, saying, all right, we want to see you in a game. We also want to reward you for being part of our organization. The Oilers have been a beneficiary in some of these games because they're not playing the best that the other team has to offer. But in those games, the Oilers' depth players have still produced, and we haven't seen that as much from these other teams. Like, the, the Kara scores a couple goals. He's a depth player for the Oilers. Malone gets a couple goals. Russell looks very good. Uh, Yamamoto, who nobody's expecting to be here to start the season. Everyone thinks he's going to play in junior. He's got four goals. So the Oilers are much better off, not only because of what they have right here in Edmonton, they're better off because they've got guys pushing the guys in Edmonton throughout their organization, whether it be in the minors or in junior. I think a positive, too, uh, specifically up front. I mean, we also drew Jarkera get yep. some power play time tonight. And and it's good to get those guys a little bit of experience. And we remember that game last year uh, against the New York Rangers in the regular season. Uh, there was a puck that dribbled through the neutral zone. Matthew Benning tried to knock it down. It bounced over a stick. I didn't think he made a bad play, but he missed the puck. It's bouncing, rolled into the Oilers' end. The Rangers score a late game winner, I think about 90 seconds left, and win the game. And, and you know, some people didn't like the fact that Benning was on the ice. And then you look into the playoff game five of the playoffs, which unfortunately ended badly for the Oilers, but there was a point they only had three defensemen in the game. Sekera went out early. A couple of other guys got banged up and came back. And then in game six, Sekera obviously can't play. We found out later it was a torn ACL, and Clefbaum takes the warm-up and, and has to leave. So all of a sudden, Matthew Benning and Darnell Nurse and, and those guys have to play important minutes. So, you know, if, if you give Jujar Kerr a little bit of experience on the power play, you reward him and, and then you, you build a little bit of depth and a little bit of experience that way. Because at some point, who knows who's going to be hurt in the preseason or in the regular season or in the penalty box when you need someone to fill in on the power play. Well, Todd McCullen talked about it that time. He says, how do we know how guys are going to react in certain situations unless we, unless we put them in those situations? And I had a uh, coach in junior, Ken Hitchcock. I remember in a game, it was a middle of the season, a fairly important time, and it was a power play, and he didn't put the first line, which I was part of, on the ice, and he put another line, and I went and talked to him about afterwards. He goes, how do I know if you get hurt or, or if, if Recky gets hurt or if Greg Hogg gets hurt? How do I know what these other guys are capable of doing if I don't give them that chance at some point during the season? And that's what you, you do right here. You know, Jujar is having a good game. Reward him. Put him in front of the net because at some point maybe Lucic can't go one night or maybe Maroon can't go. Those are net presence type of players. So you can't just have two units, only two units, to go every time. Other guys have got to get opportunities because there's going to be important times during the year where somebody is injured and someone's got to fill his spot. 6-2, the Oilers win it tonight. They score four goals in the third period to break open a 2-2 game. And, you know, we should comment on the the third period, obviously, uh, decided the game. And that's what, uh, you know, because, Rob, I, I believe you get to the highest level of a sport. There aren't a lot of 60-minute dominations, nope. you know. But when you have a window to take control of the game, 
uh, you really take control of the game. And the Winnipeg Jets were, were the better team in the second yep. period. Uh, you know, the goal they got was a bit of a lucky bounce, but they could have had other opportunities to score. And uh, J.C. Lapon had a very active game. He fought and got a goal. You know, I, I, I wouldn't question at all Winnipeg's effort tonight. I think they got a little bit overwhelmed talent-wise and energy-wise uh, in the third period. But they were really making a, a, a well, a literal scrap of it with Lapon and Kerr in the first period. But, uh, you know, they were really making a scrap out of it, especially in the middle stanza tonight. They were. They, they came out in the second. They became more physical. They got uh, under the skin of some of the Oilers. Uh, they created things on their forecheck. At the beginning of every game, everyone says, all right, we just got to go out and outwork this team. And in the Winnipeg Jet locker room, they're looking at the who the or the Oilers have dressed. And like, oh, okay, we don't have guys that are going to be able to, to compete skill-wise with these guys, so we have to outwork them. Well, the only problem with that is if the skilled players match your work ethic then you're in trouble, and that's what we saw in the third period. The Winnipeg Jets outworked the Oilers in the second. The third period, the Winnipeg Jets still worked hard, but the Oilers matched it. And when their work ethic combined with their superior skill dress tonight, you saw what would happen. The Oilers got, uh, were, were benefiting with some good bounces, but there were also a number of other great scoring chances they didn't capitalize on. So it, it was a good night. I think that Tom McClellan will be happy with the effort happy with the results, and also happy with the fact there will be some teaching moments that he can pull out of this victory. 6-2, the Oilers win it. We'll hear from Todd McClellan in a few minutes. We also want to hear from you, 780-496-0063. You can text 630-630. We'll get to the text line in a few minutes as well. Uh, we should touch on the Oilers' defense. I, I know you and Bob uh, mentioned when you were wrapping up after the game that, and, and I think you're right, Rob. We'll probably see some some cutdowns here uh, on defense. I mean, uh, I wouldn't be surprised. Caleb Jones will probably get assigned to Bakersfield as soon as uh, tomorrow. Dylan Simpson, uh, they each get uh, an assist tonight. Darnell Nurse and Griba played together this evening. Obviously, they're going to be on the team as will uh, as will Russell and Benning. Uh, let, let's start with with the two guys who uh, are hoped to be some minor league depth, and I think with Caleb Jones, you know, a younger guy who has has a good future. How, what did you think of Simpson and Jones this evening? Uh, well, Sim, er, Simpson start with him, smart, heady with the puck. Obviously, uh, foot speed. He's got to continue to work on that. It's a much quicker game at this level. But he, what you like about him is he understands the game. He's got the advantage of having uh, the genetics of a of a National Hockey Leaguer and a very good one with his father. Craig and, and and learning from his dad. So I, I, I think he's a guy that we saw him a little bit last year and did not look out of place. I think he's going to get big minutes down in the minors and continue to refine his game. As for Jones, very raw, obviously, just coming out of junior. But what you like about him is he, he likes... He likes the puck on his stick. He likes to jump up in the play. He's going to learn, as Darnell nurse Darnell did when he first came up, there's times to jump in the play, there's times to scale it back a bit, and that's what you have the minors for. You go down there and you, you learn the craft. You learn how to play the pro game, but he does have the tools, and you like that. 6-2. The Edmonton Oilers win tonight over the Winnipeg Jets. They are 5-0 and in the preseason. They'll host Carolina on Monday, last home game of the exhibition schedule. We have it on Chad 534, the face-off show. The game will start at 7. Kellen, do we have uh, Puli Yarvi standing by? All right, courtesy of GCL Diesel, serving oil country for 45 years with genuine diesel parts at wholesale prices. The man who had two goals, three points tonight. Here's Jesse Puli Yarvi. Uh, real good night. A couple goals, you must feel great. Yeah, good game, man. All team play good, 6-2, and a couple power play call. That's nice. 
important when the coach puts you out with McDavid. How does that feel? Uh, of course, good. Uh, almost good, world best player and got to play with him and he's very fast and yeah. <laughs> you didn't play too much in, uh, up until now in the first few games. You didn't play a whole bunch. Very excited to finally get a chance to, to show yourself. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. Uh, wait, now second game, uh, more coming and I feel confidence more. Uh, did you tip that first one that went off uh, Jokinen's back? Uh, no. You didn't? No. Okay. Okay, then do. Yeah. No. Well, you, you play fast as well. What's it like to use your speed with Connor on the same line together? Yeah, that's right. That's my stretch, stretching. Uh, have good speed and that I do some more, more power and yeah. Confidence booster for you? Yeah. Is there much? Is there pressure for you? No, no pressure. No, no. <laughs> Even from back home, from the reporters, from friends, no. No, I only this only hockey and go to play and that's fun. We uh, came in late, so I'll just ask you again, but um, how do you feel scoring a couple of goals? Just describe how that felt. Uh, uh, of course, good. Uh, I don't too last yet too many goals, and now a couple. Uh, that's that's good thing. It seemed early in the game, lots of penalties, and you weren't getting out lots because of all the kills. Did you have to? How did you stay fresh and stay ready? Uh, when only go to skate. Sometimes there a little bit when have time out, and that's it. Read that, uh, Jesse Polieri. All right, thanks a lot, Brendan Ulrich, working the Oilers dressing room, and uh, apparently uh, Jesse Polieri was offered UC Jokinen as as a translator so he could answer and finish and go back and forth that way. But he said he wanted to do uh, the interview himself, and he did did not bad. I mean. You know, again, it, his, as Bob always says, uh, his English is better than our finish. So uh, good for him. And uh, good for him to get three points in the third period tonight. Oilers win at 6-2. Got a text here to 630-630 from Scrub64 and Red Deer. He says, while seeing wins is nice, the most encouraging part about this preseason is that there are no longer free spots for rookies anymore. You want a spot, you have to outplay other strong candidates. And uh, Scrub also says, if it weren't for Yamamoto stepping it up and showing well, would Puglia-Yarvi have played with the same urgency tonight? Well, two things on there. The first one, I agree that there's no free spots anymore. I think this year there will be good players not making the Edmonton Oilers, and I think in the past there's been times where there are players that were mediocre that were making the team because the Oilers weren't as deep. The Oilers now have depth. So good players are going to be out of a spot at the end of the, the training camp simply because of numbers. Uh, would he have played as well had Yamamoto not played? I, I would think so. I would hope so. I, I, I don't think that uh, Pugliarvi is going to say, all right, he's playing well, now I have to. Uh, you heard him actually talk. He said he feels no pressure at all. He just goes out, plays game, have fun. So, so good on him. So I know as a player, when you go to training camp, and it doesn't matter if you're a veteran, a rookie, a minor leaguer, whatever, you see what other players are doing. And you want to make sure that you stay where you want to be in the pecking order or you move up. And when somebody is challenging for a spot that you want, well, you have to be better than him. 
So if your game allows you to be it, we'll go out and prove it. And tonight, Pugliarvi proved that he can, he's capable of playing at this level. Now he's got to do, show it that he can do it consistently. 6-2, the Oilers win it tonight. Wyatt texting in. He says, uh, hey, guys, long-time listener, first-time texter. Thanks for that. Wyatt says, I'm just interested in who you guys see in the Oilers' opening night line combos. Do you think there will be room for Pugliarvi, Kelly, Jones, Yamamoto, Malone, etc. I understand there are a lot of pieces still to move, but curious, what are your visions for an early prediction? Excited about healthy competition for roster spots and making this club a better team. Well, I mean, I, I guess a couple of the guys he specifically mentioned, I do think Malone will be in Bakersfield. I do think Caleb Jones will be in Baker, Bakersfield. I, I still think Yamamoto, Yamamoto probably winds up in the WHL with Spokane, though Maybe he sticks around uh, for a few regular season games. I, I think they would like to have Pula Yarvi here if, mm-hmm. if he can keep uh, playing. I mean, why not give him two or all three of the remaining preseason games? Chris Kelly, he, I, you know, he works hard. You know what he's going to get. He has a good reputation as a hard worker and, and a team guy. He, he may, and he's not going to be expensive if you sign him off his PTO. I, I could see him being here. I don't see him being in the starting lineup on opening night. I think the opening night lines are pretty well set. I think Kelly would be on the outside looking in as a, as a 13th or 14th forward. The one thing that you always got to remember, too, is injuries. And I know from my, my rookie season in Pittsburgh, there I was probably going back to junior and Bob Airy got hurt and there was an opportunity for me to jump in the lineup and I had a good game scored two goals and I got to stay in the National Hockey League so uh, there's still a lot of time three games between now and opening night where anything can happen in a perfect world and in a world that they were expecting I think Yamamoto would be expected to go to junior Mm -hmm. having said that he's got three more games to impress and if he continues to do what he's done in the first three exhibition games he's played if he does that again three more times well, then you're going to have to find room for him because if he continues to score at the same pace, well, you can't really send that down. can't send the leading goal scorer down right. to junior uh, without an opportunity. So I think that the, the lines that we saw at the beginning of training camp are the ones that they want to start an opening night. But who knows? Maybe someone will force an issue and get into the starting Well, game. and then that's a great problem to have. That yep. You're making tough decisions based on, on good play mm-hmm. as opposed to lack of depth or... Or, well, this guy was uh, only minus five, and all the other forwards were minus six. So I guess he's he's, he's going to be up. No, it's going to be interesting how it plays over the final week. I, I think, you know, Wyatt, I think what Rob said is a good point. The lines they started with, Strom on McDavid's right side and, and Puglia Yarvi with Nugent Hopkins and Jokinen uh, is how they want it. I mean, I, I would think if there is a line that's going to be intact for pretty much for sure, it's Latestu. Kara and Cassian. And they've been and then very good. then top nine, who knows how it could get shuffled around. Yeah. It, 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 the people, that, a guy like Kelly, the we all talk about Yamamoto, how maybe he's going to take Pugliarvi's spot, but that could affect a guy like Kelly. Because if Yamamoto starts the season here, and just maybe as uh, the the 13th guy or 14th, or he's up and Pugliarvi, now do you sign Kelly? Because we still have Pacaranen, and Pacaranen has played very well as well. So all of a sudden, it's a guy on a PTO it could be put out of a spot by a junior kid if the junior kid starts the season here. Oilers win 6-2 over the Jets, 780-496-0063. I hope JP had a great summer because he's joining us right now. Hey, JP. JP. Of course, I had myself a great summer, You know this. How are you, Reed? Rob, how are you? Do- long time? Very Doing well. Good. Doing well. 
Perfect, perfect. And first off, Rob, you're always going to make the show. Quit being so modest with all your comments. This guy lighted up with the penguin all the time. He sits there. He's like, oh, maybe I wasn't going to make the show. Come on, tired of hearing this. You always were going to make the show. But let's get down to brass tacks, shall we? I'll tell you right now. You really do say it best. With, uh, you know, I think his name was uh, Scuba or uh, Scrub or Scrub. Scrub, whatever yes. Yeah. yeah, this guy, great tip. Uh, we... Uh, the other guy, I forget his name too, who cares? But I'll tell you right now, what a problem to have in the city of Edmonton right now for the OLR. All the guy right now, I've, how many times can you say to yourself, oh, okay, we have a couple injuries, oh, okay, maybe we'll have Chris Kelly come out tonight. Okay, no problem, let's slip a share, the puck around. This is a perfect situation to have right now. This is a perfect situation to have. I've been dying for this type of scenario. I want to say tonight, Jesse Pellerari, it's preseason. You never won the Stanley Cup yet. Calm down when you score a goal. This guy was celebrating like he uh, just won the Cup every time he got the goal, but I love this. This is competence. Another problem that is good to have. And all I have to say is, Hello, Moto. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you, JP. Actually, JP made a good, uh, I mean, we didn't even think about it. There's Slepyshev, who's also in the equation, and we didn't even talk about there. There's another. That's a good player. point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, a good, that, that's a good point. I mean, this this is, I, I mean, we have, uh, you and I, uh, this is our fifth season job, and this is year 12 for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if they've ever had this problem to this extent, the good, the, the good problem. Like no. the guys who I think they're relatively confident in, and with with pieces where, I mean, and JP made a good point. I mean, if if you know, where there's a lot of ifs at this time of year. If Chris Kelly gets signed to his PTO, that's that's not a bad 13th to the 14th forward. A guy with that experience, you know, who's respected, who can do a little bit of the, the depth things that the depth forwards need to do. Tot- like, totally different. But, than- but just thinking about it now, he would have to knock out a, a Slepyshev or a Pacarina. That's right. So, I mean, that, that is good. Well, what happened before is the others would have players that they had signed who would have poor exhibition seasons, poor training camps, but they had to play them anyways because they had no one else that could push them out of their spots. Now the others have such good depth uh, up and down the lineup that they guys have to come into preseason. They've got to be good in training camp. They've got to be good in the exhibition games, and they've got to have the details that the Todd McClellan coach team wants to have. And if they can fit all of those, well, then you've got a spot. And if not, well, there's someone else knocking at the door. Yep, 780-496-0063. Oilers went 6-2 over the Jets. If you're just joining us, Jets uh, put up a pretty good fight tonight. It was 2-2 after 2. They played a gritty first 40 minutes, opportunistic in some opportunities. I actually thought the Jets moved the puck pretty well on the power play. Very and good, maybe yes. could have cashed in a couple more, but then the Oilers uh, pretty much just steamrolled them in the third period and scored four times. Courtesy of GCL Diesel, serving oil country for 45 years with genuine diesel parts at wholesale prices. Downstairs, here's head coach Todd McClellan. <laughs> So uh, maybe could you just explain to us a little bit about uh, moving Pugliarvi up onto the wing with McDavid and, and after a period in the second where he didn't play much and now he gets some confidence. What were you thinking when you made that move? Um, a number of things. One, um, the fact that we'd taken four penalties in the last 12 minutes of the second period took a lot of players out of the game. And yes, he was one of them. Uh, two, it was, um, I thought... Dylan had to, to get a little harder and a little more competitive. So it was sending him a bit of a message, um, letting him understand how we do things. 
and uh, three was uh, trying to get Jesse going, and obviously he uh, he had a bit of a spark there. Uh, worked well with Connor, so um, hopefully the the two messages were were strongly sent, and both players understand that they uh, you know one got the benefit, the other one has to be a little bit better. And just to clarify, Todd, you mean Strom, correct? Yep. Um, Pooley Yarvey was in the dressing room afterwards, and we we're all there to talk to him. And Jokinen was there, sort of, as an option to translate for him. And he said, "No, I want to. I can do it." Maybe just talk about his, his that being part of the thing, the things that he's working towards. You know, over. Yeah, I, I, comfortable. You know, last year I, I talked a lot about yes, he's. Um, Adjustment, us bringing him along, the language, the the culture, uh, being 18, all those types of things. He's beyond that now. He can handle himself, and I'm glad that he uh, he pushed UC aside and said, "No, I can I can do this." Um, he's accepting more responsibility that way. Even his positional play, there's a little more responsibility in it this year. To this point, um, I thought the first night that he played, he could have left the night with a couple goals. I think we talked about that already. He had some good shooting opportunities that just didn't go in. And tonight he got rewarded. So um, it's nice to see him respond that way. You spoke a couple of years ago about McDavid always needing to give himself permission to be the player that you thought he could be. Uh, is every young player go, does every young player go through that? And does Jesse maybe have that same situation? Um, I think eventually everybody... Um, goes through it. I think you, you reach that point at a different, different stages and yes, he's getting close to that. He's beginning to feel a little more confident. Um, you know, like we've got to remember what, he's 19 years old still. Um, you know, so he's a young man. He's still figuring some things out and I think he's getting closer to that point, but he's still got to close the gap a little bit. Todd, when you look at the bending Russell pair, you've had a few games to see them. <clears throat> What's, what's your assessment? I know it's extremely early on, on those two. Uh, you know, Russell's versatility going back to his natural side obviously helps. But what have you seen maybe from Benning, especially with the added presence of him on the power? Well, I, I thought that, uh, I'll start with Chris Russell. I thought uh, in the games that he's played, he's been tremendous. He's been on his toes, moving pucks, uh, closing really quick. Uh, doing some really good things. I thought Matt Benning in both games he played, he waited his way in a little bit and then got better as the night went on. Uh, but Matt does slide the line well offensively. He gets a lot of his pucks through to the net. They're not necessarily uh, slappers, but good quick wristers that find seams to the net. You could see that tonight, and uh, he's effective when he's doing that. There's going to be a lot of fans uh, looking at the last game saying uh, this Yamamoto kid, hey, he's, he's going to stick now. And, and there's going to be fans tonight saying that uh, Pugliarvi, uh, hey, he's going to be on the number one line now. Have you been able to, and I know you have that coaches management meeting tomorrow, but have you had enough NHL opposition for these guys to uh, no. properly, can you talk to that? Uh, we haven't been there yet. Now, it's been good for them to face this, this level of competition to this point um, because it gives them time to feel confident. It gives them time to, uh, to um, feel like they belong, both Jesse and, and Yamo. Um, I thought the toughest group of players that we faced was the Winnipeg team in Winnipeg. They had a lot of veterans dressed, and, and they came after us a lot early in the game. Um, so that was our best evaluation tool to this point. I think Carolina is going to play uh, a pretty strong team on Monday, and uh, that'll be another test for some of these guys. Um, is there anything? I mean, when 
why do you think, is there any reason beyond just being preseason games that do you think this is happening, uh, that you're getting AHL slash junior lineups more, more than you're not? Well, we're playing, teams play better better lineups at home. We play in front of our own fans. We want, we want to show our fans at exhibition season that we're, uh, we're putting stronger teams out in those situations, and you'll see that throughout. Uh, the Vancouver situation is obviously one that they it's out of their control. They have to keep a, a team back to play. And, um, you know, other than that, it, it's hard to match lineups. Um, sometimes we talk, uh, Billy Peters and I talked about this game coming up and uh, back in August, and he said he'll probably dress a pretty strong team here and maybe not so strong in, in Saskatoon, rest some veterans. So um, with that in mind, we'll try and match up and, and have good games. Is there any possibility it has anything at all to do with the fact that uh, uh, you're not sending McDavid into their rinks? I'm sorry? Is it, do you think there's any factor at all uh, in the lineups they're sending to this rink that you're not sending McDavid to play in their rinks? Uh, no. It, uh, no. Uh, Connor, you know, Connor will play on the road in the, in the exhibition season. Each of our top-end players will play at least one game on the road. And, um, you know, a lot of the um, bubble guys, that's a good um, evaluation area for them is road play when you're in a hostile environment and, and can they handle that. Do you change how you handle your practices because of the lack of NHL opposition? No, we, matchups and stuff? We've been uh, an A group and a B group for some time now. Our practices, both groups get the same practice. But what it does is it allows us to uh, to work with our power play and penalty kill units that we'll probably start the season with. So they may not get the work in the game because not all of them are playing, but they do get the work in practice. And uh, so we've been able to work on some things with our with our units and our penalty killing units. All right, that's Todd McClellan. His Oilers win tonight 6-2 over the Winnipeg Jets. Two goals and an assist for Puliyarvi. One goal, two assists for McDavid. Two goals for Brad Malone. Talbot, 20 saves for the victory. And, and he said, look, he recognized there they're, they're not playing full mm-hmm. NHL opposition. And I guess that's one of the, the evils of the preseason, if you want to call it that. The lineups are really all over the place a lot of times. Well, well they are. As, as teams want to get as many players as possible in the lineup, and, and they want to do what is best for their organization. They're not really thinking, okay, the Oilers fans, they need to see this guy or that guy. They're thinking, okay, how can we best prepare for the start of the year? Uh, For the two players that they talked about, yes, they haven't faced the stiffest of competition yet, but against the competition they have played against, they've been very good and at times the best players on the ice, where all the other players on the ice with them have been playing against the same competition as they have. So uh, as the preseason moves on and, and moves into the final few games, you will see the other teams best as teams start to fully prepare for the start of the regular season. And I'm sure we will see uh, the young kids in those games, and that's when they're really going to get tested, and that's where you're going to see where they stand right now as far as being prepared to play at this level. All right, 7804960063 is how you reach us. You can also text 63630. Uh, quickly here before we break for the news, and we're going to bring Rocket onto the phone line. You'll hear from Connor McDavid in the next half hour. Uh, Mike says uh, Nugent Hopkins was not on the ice enough. Was he uh, less than mediocre? Could he ever lose his starting position because of harder working rookies come up behind him? Nugent didn't play a ton tonight, wound up at 1344. 
I mean, he had three assists against the Jets on uh, Wednesday night. I don't, I don't think there's a rookie center that's going to take no. Nugent Hopkins' spot on the line, but I think they know where, where he's going to be on this team. Yeah, uh, he, he is, he's either going to be the number three center if Leon plays center. He'll be the number two center if Leon moves up to the right wing with Connor McDavid. Uh, I, I thought uh, Nugent was fine. I think he's actually having Jokinen playing with him. I thought they've worked very well together, and we'll see who the other line mate will be come start of the season. But I think right now they are pretty happy with twosomes on the first three lines, and they're trying to figure out who the right winger on those lines will be. All right, Oilers win at 6-2. More from you, more from the Oilers dressing room. We'll hear from Jets head coach Paul Maurice as well. This is Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line in the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center. from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chan. Dylan Simpson through the middle for Paul Yarby. Nice touch pass, but David's got a breakaway. That's right in. He scores! Well, a world-class goal by Connor McDavid, but a great little touch pass by Pulley Arby. Freed him up, and McDavid does the rest. Yeah, beauty of a goal tonight. Turned out to be the game winner. Ignited a four-goal third period for the Oilers, who knock off the Winnipeg Jets 6-2. As we look at the advantage, trailer rentals out of town scoreboard. The Oil Kings started their WHL season in Red Deer tonight. The Rebels win at 7-3. The Oil Kings will host the Rebels tomorrow, 4 p.m. here at Rogers Place. Along with former NHLer Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. It is 10:34. We'll go back down to the dressing rooms in a minute, but first at 780-496-0063. We have our old buddy Rocket on the line. Hey, Rocket. Hey, guys. How you doing? Doing great. Hey, awesome awesome hockey game. I'm just curious about uh, one thing, the the move from with Pooley, and Strom. Uh, yeah, I know Todd McClellan, like, you know, said he was sending a message, but I'm I'm a little curious about the chemistry with that move after the fact, not just with Pugliarvi, but with Strom and Hopkins having a history together, if that isn't like a fit that might work down the road. Well, I, I think we saw last year, the beginning of the season, big signing in the offseason, Milan Lucic, he's going to come in, he's going to play with Connor McDavid, they're going to have so much success. Then after a little while into the season, it wasn't going. They make a switch. Maroon has more success up there, and Lucic goes down and plays better on the second line. So I don't think anything is set in stone. I think when you make deals, when you sign free agents, you have something in your mind which you think and hope will work out. But you're also not only looking at a player to fit in one spot, you're thinking this player can help us. And if Strom helps more playing with a Nugent Hopkins or helps more playing with a Dreisaitl, then they'll go with that. So I don't think anything was set in stone with McDavid. They hoped it would work, but if something else works better, I think Tom McClellan's smart enough to do that. Thanks, yeah, Rob. Oh, sorry, go ahead. go ahead. No, I agree 100%. Uh, you know, they, they, they just, they, they, they seem to have some chemistry, and chemistry is what this is all about in the end. And and it, it looked good tonight. I know it's an extremely tiny sample size, but, uh, man, what, what an impressive third period. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Rocket, for calling. We appreciate it. 6-2, the Oilers win. What What's going to be interesting, too, and a, a challenge that the Oilers are going to face this season, Rob, I, I mean, worst-case scenario, they're going to go 5-3 and three <laughs> in, in, the, in the preseason here. They've, they've started 5-0. and oh. They have the reigning MVP and 
uh, scoring leader. They have a goalie who was, uh, you know, almost a Vesna finalist last year. He led the league in in wins. They have uh, a, a second line center who was in the top ten in the league in scoring. So, and and this has been the, the expectations has been a storyline going in for the team going into for the for the season. And they're not the free space on the bingo card. And they're not maybe, oh, are they an up-and-coming team? They won't catch anybody by surprise. So, I mean, that, and like, I, I look forward to that challenge. That, that I mean, let's face it, Rob, when the Oilers go on the road now, even into a non-traditional hockey market, that's going to be a big deal because Connor McDavid is the, the reigning mm-hmm. MVP. I mean, whether you want to call him, I mean, Steph Curry's being interviewed on a sports channel we're watching here right now. I mean, he's he's the big name in the sport. And you would think other teams are going to be, we want to be the ones that hold them off the score sheet. We want to be the ones that get to Leon Dreisaitl. So, uh, you know, so there are obviously going to be challenges in the regular season. Even last year, they had a five-game losing streak in November. It wasn't all all roses all the way but but I, I personally I look forward to seeing how they meet those challenges h- how they handle being a favorite in in a lot of the games I think that's going to be an interesting part of the journey this year I, I think so too I mean we know in Pittsburgh when a, a Pittsburgh Penguin team led by Sidney Crosby comes there's a little more excitement in the in the streets the day of the game when Ovechkin comes with the Washington Capitals the the entire city gets excited about it everyone wants a ticket to that game and it, it's not just the fans I know as a player when the Edmonton Oilers or eventually the LA Kings came to town and Gretzky was coming I mean you're a little more excited about the game you want to be you want to be on this you want to challenge yourself against them you want to challenge yourself against the best and see how you, you step up against them so they will not go on the road or even here in Edmonton but they're not going to play in a game where the other team is going to say you know what it's just another game anytime that their Connor McDavid is in the game it's not another game there's more excitement there's players that are going to go out there and as you said you know what, we shut Connor down tonight, and you're going to feel good about it. So, yeah, I, I, it's going to be a different animal for the Oilers this year. I think it's going to be a tougher, tougher uh, season for them. But if you want to be a championship team, you've got to overcome hardships. You've got to overcome the, the tougher games, and the Oilers have one goal, and that's to win the Stanley Cup, and it starts you know, in this exhibition season and then going through a regular season with more challenges. And and we've talked about this before too. From from a purely from a McDavid standpoint, I mean, he's had a bullseye on him since he was what eight. You mm-hmm. know, other coaches, other parents, other players. Sure, it's probably we, we before eight. Probably, yeah. probably <laughs> before eight. They probably even younger than that. But you know, maybe for for some players, it uh, you know it might be. Uh, well, I mean, everybody in the NHL at some point was the best player on their team where they, where, they, where they were younger. But, I mean, for this group together, how they handle it, that's going to be fun to see. How it, they do. it is going to be fun, and we saw it in the, in the playoffs last year where the expectations are going against San Jose. You know, they lost the game 7 nothing. Yeah. How are they going to react? And, you know? and, and they always reacted well, and I think it starts with your coaching staff and how they approach games, and then it carries on through your leadership. And I think that this Oiler team has a very strong coaching staff and I think they have a very, very uh, sound leadership groups with Connor McDavid, with Lucic, with, you know, uh, a Clefbaum, with a Maroon, the players that have been around and know what it takes to win. And I think that they keep this team level-headed. We saw right from the beginning of last year when there were people, and you and I went on the air, where we thought they would be. And I didn't think they would be a playoff team last year. I thought there were still a lot of things that they had to overcome. Mm-hmm. And Mark Letester, right at the very beginning, said, yeah, we feel we're good. And this was a guy that was on their fourth line said, yeah, we know how good we are. We never got too high and too low. They all had this inner 
belief in themselves, and more so before any of the people on the outside did it. They believed in themselves, and it showed throughout the season. Oilers win 6-2 tonight over the Winnipeg Jets. The Winnipeg Jets are coached by Paul Maurice. Here he is. Coach, you guys were right there going into the third period. What did you like about the first 40 minutes, maybe before we get to the last you know, 20? Pretty good energy and uh, uh, some good quickness on it down low. We had some good jump in our end of the ice. They spent some time there, but we were pretty sorted. And, uh, but good jump in the game up until we, we ran out of gas a little bit in that third. They changed gears, and we had a hard time keeping up to that. Power plays continuing to work for your club tonight. What would you like about that one young unit? Um... They move the puck around the top, you know, and, and uh, they, uh, it looks like the other two, like our power play looks like it's on track here. Did your job get easier or tougher as you look to get down to manageable numbers, Paul? Uh, yeah, you know, probably some few guys uh, just made the case a little bit differently. Uh, J.C. Lippon had a real strong game. Just that's what this thing is all about, right? You wind yourself up to play the best you possibly can. I, um, so he made the most of tonight's game anyway. And then, uh, but they're going to be tough decisions, I think. Um, but I think the real tough one's coming a week. What did you think about Scotchick's debut? We've liked him right from going back a couple of years. You know, he, his body's changed an awful lot in two years. He's quite a bit bigger, stronger. But what he had two years ago, he still has. He's got a real nice vision in the middle, and he passes the puck very accurately and very hard. He's one of the few. Uh, one of the few guys I think can come in and, and break into the league at some point at center and stay at center. So usually the young guys get out to the wings a little bit and come back in until they learn the game. But he's, he's got a real good understanding of, of body position. And he can take the puck in the middle of the ice in, in our own end and, and do something with it. A lot of bouncing pucks for Hutcher on the net tonight. Yeah, Just I, 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 I like this, you know, the first two. And then he got a, a number of bad breaks around the net. But... Uh, uh, they put up enough shots that some are going to beat them. What's a manageable number after tomorrow? What you well, I, I, I mean, I'd like to get down to, you know, on that 26 to 28 healthy. But we've still got some guys that I, I, I'll probably know Tuesday better than I'll know tomorrow. All right, that's Paul Maurice, the head coach of the Winnipeg Jets. The Oilers beat Winnipeg 6-2 tonight at Rogers Place. Winnipeg is going to be an interesting team, Robin. I mean, look, we always kind of pay a little bit more attention to the to the Canadian teams. The, the Oilers will play them three times. They're not in the same division. The Jets are here early in the season. They scored a little bit more than the Oilers last year. Their goaltending was nowhere near as good. They're, they're going to see what Steve Mason can do this year. And, you know, as we saw tonight, he was asked about the power play. They're, they're, I thought their power play looked dangerous. They wind up going two for seven uh, with the man advantage. So both their goals will be on the power play. I, I, they're going to be an interesting team to watch. Now, some, a lot of the guys who played tonight will not be Winnipeg Jets. They have some pi- firepower. It might come down to defending again for them. Well, yeah. I mean, if you want to compare the two teams, I think up front, they they are capable of playing with just about anyone in the league. You know, they got some talented players. I love Shifley as a hockey player. He is good. And they got two very, very good lines offensively. If you want to look at the in net, this is where the separation comes between the two teams. Talbot is now a proven proven big game goalie and Mason has just been I mean unpredictable you don't know what you're getting with him so the goaltending has always been an issue I don't know if Mason is the answer I think he is someone that they are willing to give the an opportunity to because it's got to be better than what they had 
I've always liked the Winnipeg Jets. I enjoy watching them play. I, I think they're when their skilled players are playing, they are top tier, and they always have a bit of an edge. So it, it's fun watching them. The, the in the Western Conference, it's, it's weak teams don't make the playoffs. I mean, last year Nashville came in eighth. They went to the Stanley Cup Finals. So you've got to be a very good hockey club, and you got to have a good hockey season to be a playoff team. So the importance of these early games in October could be the difference of whether a team makes it by a point or two or misses by a point or two. Yeah, that's that's a good way to look at it for sure. And, I mean, they're in, like I said, they're in the other division. Well, you still have Chicago. You still have St. Louis. You still have Minnesota. You still have Nashville. So if they don't crack the top three, then are they good enough to be a, to be a wild Isn't card? Dallas, team, right? Where's Dallas? Dallas is in that division. Yeah, I didn't yeah. list the whole thing. Yeah, I know, but I'm thinking, I'm like, because Dallas right now, they could be one of those teams that's going to have the huge jump this year. They got the new coach in Hitch, and Hitch, Hitch's teams are always well prepared. Yep. They made some good moves in the offseason. So there's a, a non-playoff team that many are thinking that are, have got a great opportunity to, to go far, not only just in the regular season, but in the playoffs. Oilers win 6-2 tonight over the Jets. The captain, Connor McDavid, had three points. You'll hear from him when we get back. This is Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. From the Jets up 1-0, 8-20 gone. First period. Edmonton in on the forecheck. Winnipeg turns it over. There's a long-range shot. They score! Matt Benning from the right point on a turnover after an assertive Oilers forecheck. And we're just looking for the deflection here. And it was UC Jokinen with the flyby in front of the net. And Jokinen got the goal. That was the Oilers' first goal of the evening. It tied at 1-1 at the time. Brad Malone scored 17 seconds later. Jets tied it in the second period, but then the Oilers get four in the third to win 6-2. And the Oilers have just announced that they have assigned Grayson Downing, Caleb Jones, Joey LaLeja, and Ryan Mantha to Bakersfield. Mitch Callahan and Keegan Lowe have been placed on waivers for the purpose of assignment, which means they'll be going to Bakersfield as well. Obviously, it's unlikely that uh, they would get claimed, I would think, Rob. So there we go. So the Oilers with 36 players left in camp, including 11 defensemen. Now, you made a point that may be because of something Todd said during his post-game remarks. Well, he talked about the fact that he had talked with the coaching staff of the Carolina Atlanta Hurricanes who mentioned that they would probably dress a stronger lineup in Edmonton and then maybe a bit of a lesser lineup in Saskatoon, and he said he would match that or try to. Um, so that might be one of the reasons he kept a, a little extra uh, as far as players and not sent the the huge group down. But I guess we'll see if there's any more to come tomorrow or the next day. But my guess is if he's not sending more down tonight, you probably won't see anything happen for a day or two. So I guess uh, of note, remaining on the roster, so this would mean uh, Ryan Stanton, who we actually have only seen twice. I think I've only seen him or only once. once. He yeah. didn't play the Calgary split squad. Uh, so Dylan Simpson. Malone stays around. Ty Ratty around. Patrick Russell, who they've played four games already, remains on the roster as well. So, And obviously, Puglia Yarvi and Yamamoto remain around. Uh, so, yeah, I guess they're still going to give some guys a look here. They almost have enough for two teams through the next two games against Carolina. So, Well, the thing that, it, that teams do more so nowadays that it doesn't really affect you how many players you have up here is by having A and B skates. So you're still able to get all the practice stuff that you want to get into practice without having the, fa the, the the 28 or 30 guys on the ice because they have two different groups. That might be why he keeps two big groups up here 
you know, if, if you cut down and went down to 28 guys or 26, well, that'd be a really big practice, and you wouldn't get everything done that you want to get done. By having more players, you can now split it into two groups, and now you can get more stuff done in practice. All right, so the Oilers win 6-2. Connor McDavid with three points tonight. Here he is. Well, Connor, another preseason game, another win for your hockey club. I know it's just the preseason, but uh, everyone counts. I take it that's the, the model moving forward here. Yeah, I mean, like you said, it is preseason, but you know, it's the intensity is ramping up each and every game as we get close to the regular season, and you want to be going into the end of the season on and up. So um, you know, we've been playing some, some good hockey, a lot of areas to clean up. Uh, I'll definitely need to polish our game off uh, all over the ice, and um, you know, but uh, good sign that we're finding ways to win games. Good to see Jesse have a game like that. Yeah, it was good for him. Um, you know, we had a few lucky breaks on those two power play goals. Um, you know, good for him to find those pucks. Um, you know, it takes a good goal scorer to be able to find the puck in traffic and uh, get a shot away. You get the feeling with a, with a player like him that, that you know, a few things go well for him, confidence builds, and just how much that can help a guy like him? Yeah, for sure. Um, as a young guy, um, confidence is everything. Um, you know, feeling like you, you belong in this league, uh, knowing that you can compete against these guys and, and be successful. Um, you know, I think for any young guy, that's that's the true battle, and uh, hopefully this gives him a lot of confidence. Todd used to talk about you giving yourself permission to be as good a player as you can be, remembering your first year. Uh, do you think he's going through some of that? Is he tentative? Is he trying to fit in? Uh, I think any young player goes through that, honestly. Um, you know, you want to please the veterans. You want to make sure they're getting their touches and and, uh, and all that. So I'm sure he's going through a little bit of that, uh, especially being a shooter, a guy who needs to, to shoot the puck and use his, uh, use his big asset. And, um, you know, I think, yeah, he could definitely be going through a little bit of that. But at the end of the day, he's a confident kid. And, you know, he knows his place and he knows he belongs here. And, and uh, he should be comfortable. Do you feel like when Todd puts him on your line at the end there and on the power play with you that maybe there's a bit of a nod to help him get some confidence and maybe help build the kid up a little bit. Is that? Yeah, maybe. I mean, I think we spent a little bit of time together last year. I think we maybe played four or five games together and, and uh, you know he's a guy who, who works hard and he wants to be a player. He really, really wants to be the best that he can be. Um, you know, uh, he works so hard off the ice and you know, a guy like that, you want to see him be successful on the ice uh, just for how hard he works. And um, yeah, Like I said, I, I hope uh, he can gain a little bit of confidence from tonight. Um, yeah. you feel like he understands what you're saying when you talk to him? Yeah, his <laughs> English is definitely better than, uh, than what it was. Um, I think he's starting to get a little bit better. Um, we've had a few guys like that. I remember my first game, I was playing with Schleppershev, and you know, we were having a talk and point stuff out on the board, and you know, there's a little bit of that with him, but you know, his English is, is pretty good for the most part. What do you make about the competition for spots on this team, and everyone, like all these depth guys, seem to be stepping up every exhibition game? Yeah, there's been a bunch of guys, um, you know, and that's never a bad thing. You want guys to be playing good hockey and forcing each other to be better. Um, you know, Malone tonight, he was great. kelly um, has been great all camp. Um, you know, these, these guys that are, are coming up and um, you know, playing good hockey. I think it's good for, for everyone to, to push guys. Thanks, Connor. Thanks. Reed, that's Connor McDavid. All right, great stuff. Brendan Ulrich working the Oilers dressing room tonight. They get a 6-2 victory over the Winnipeg Jets. All right, Rob, we're back on Monday. Carolina Hurricanes in town as Todd said earlier we expect uh, a lot of veterans in the lineup for both teams that should be interesting well we hope so as the Oilers have yet to really have that game where all their veterans are going against another team's veteran lineups hopefully we'll see that on uh, Monday night and it's just another opportunity to see uh, where this team is going and which players are going to be starting here on October the 4th thanks to Kellen Kennedy our studio producer this evening 
Our engineer here at Rogers Place is Troy Bowler. That game against the Hurricanes on 6.30, Chad. 5.30 Monday for the face-off show. The puck will drop at 7. You can get more on the Oilers on 6.30Ched.com. On behalf of Rob Brown, my name is Reed Wilkins. You've been listening to the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line Show from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. Have a great Sunday. Thank you so much for tuning in. Oilers win 6-2. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.